You're listening to Show Me Your Mic, a show that interviews other podcasters about their workflows, gear, and thoughts on podcasting. Your host is Chris Enns, a podcaster who's hoping to learn more about the craft by talking to fellow broadcasters. All right. Hello. Welcome to Show Me Your Mic. This is uh, episode 24, up to almost a quarter century of of Show Me Your Mics episodes, and uh, I'm Chris Enns, of course, your host here, and for this episode, I am joined by Dr. Don Schaffner. Hey, Don, are you there? Hey, Chris. (laughs) I always like to double check, because like I was saying before we recorded, the silence of of Skype is kind of eerie sometimes. (laughs) You never know if the person's just gone. Yeah, if they've they've dropped off, or uh, if they're just being quiet, or, you know, what what we've done a a couple of times on the podcast is is I'll, I'll, if my uh, co-host is talking, I'll be on mute because I'm shuffling papers, or you know, taking a drink of water or something, and, and uh, that can be very distracting. So I always try to go on mute, and then occasionally I'll just forget to go off mute, and he'll be talking, and then he'll pause, and then I'll say something. Of course, I'm on mute, so he doesn't hear me. And then, uh, anyway, it's, uh, you know, hilarity ensues. Yeah. <laughs> what I find, especially when I've been interviewing folks uh, for this show, whose podcast I've been listening to a lot, then I'll I'll sort of slip into, like, I'm just listening to, you know, whoever, Merlin Man or Dan Benjamin or whatever. I'm just listening to a podcast of them. I'm not actually the one responsible for asking <laughs> the next question. And <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden yeah, you're just kind of like, oh, right. Yeah, it's me. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So at any rate, just for a bit of introduction, Dr. Donald Schaefer, Schaffner, <laughs> see, I told you I would do it <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> after That's all the okay. prep, uh, is I think the first doctor, uh, official doctor anyways, I don't know. I'm sure some of my previous we should, guests. We should clarify, Chris, I'm not the kind of doctor that helps people. <laughs> Well, you are helping people. It's, uh, whether uh, whether they want your help, maybe is the <laughs> like I joked when I tweeted out about uh, the show coming up. Uh, you're uh, involved in food safety. You're instructing, lecturing food safety around the world, educating food safety professionals. You're the current president elect of the International Association for Food Protection, and you hold a BS in food sciences from Cornell University and an MS and a PhD in food sciences and technology from the University of Georgia. Which all leads me to say that I get really squeamish talking about weird things in food, and uh, and so I I deliberately didn't eat. Well, I had a bagel this morning. Hopefully, you're not going to tell me there's weird things in my bagel that. Well, I Dan Benjamin would tell you there's glutens in your bagel, and that would not be good for <laughs> <Right>. you. <laughs> Disregarding the <laughs> gluten side. We- yeah, but no, but um, you know, as as I as I tweeted in response to your tweet, actually quoting a good friend of mine, um, uh, since passed away, Dean Cliver, uh, formerly of uh, UC Davis and then formerly of University of Wisconsin Madison. Uh, Dean Dean had a, he had a great voice for podcasting, great voice for radio, really deep resonant uh, bass voice, and. He used to say, um, and I've been shamelessly stealing this quote from him ever since, that the risks of not eating still outweigh the risks of eating. And and the bottom line is we have to eat, right? I mean, yeah. and we'd like people to eat foods that don't cause food poisoning. Uh, we'd like people to eat foods that they're not allergic to. And But the bottom line is at the end of the day, you still have to eat. And, uh, and, 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 that, and, that's, and that's important <laughs> that you do that. Um, and it's important that that food be safe. And so that's that's uh, that's you know, what I see as my, uh, my job here on the planet, at least as I see it today is to help people make better decisions about food safety and to help consumers and people in the food industry, uh, restaurants, um, learn more about food safety and try to make, you know, intelligent science-based decisions about, about how they manage the risks, the microbial risks in, in the foods that they eat. Yeah. And so for folks to go find out more about what you're doing, the, the podcast itself is food safety talk. I'll just, uh, Make sure that it's foodsafetytalk.com. Uh, link in the show notes, of course, at sskTn.com. And uh, and talk, tell me a bit about, I guess, where the idea for the the show originally came from. Way back, episode one. I didn't check the date on it, but uh, I don't know how far back you're. Like I said, your episode, you're 44 episodes in now, as of this week. Yesterday, I think was just posted the lovely titled <laughs> "Stool Sampling Tools," which I, <laughs> yeah, I'm, we- I'm gonna. Make yeah, sure to spe- queue up and listen to it right away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of speaking of squeamish, so it's not it's not so much that the foods are squeamish, but if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about food poisoning, you have to talk about vomit and you have to talk about diarrhea and and you have to talk and and this particular episode, um, we were referencing uh, stool sampling tools, which is so when you get. Uh, and again, you know, apologies for any squeamish listeners who are, who are who are who are listening to this. Um, <laughs> 
when you get food poisoning, you have to, um, uh, if you want to figure out what the organism is, you have to collect a stool sample. Um, and what that means, and again, if you've ever had pets and taken your pets to the vet, you may have collected a, a stool sample from your pet. And so that can be checked for parasites. That's a fairly common thing that, uh, that gets done. Um, but uh, if you're a human and you're sick with food poisoning and you want to identify the organism, you have to do you have to do that as well. And and it's a little bit trickier when you have diarrhea. I've never actually collected a, a stool sample from myself. My uh, co-host on the show, uh, uh, Ben Chapman, has, and so that's where I think that title of that show came from. Was he was talking about his stool sampling tools that uh, that he that he had to use uh, last time he had to take a stool sample. <laughs> oh, but you asked you actually asked a legitimate question right, you know. about all that, which is how long we've been doing it. I'm not sure exactly. Um, we do. It would be great if, like, if if we did not. I mean, Ben and I love doing the show, and we we would. I think if we could find a way to do it every week, we would. We end up actually recording about every two weeks, and so if you do the math, there we've been doing it for. Um, uh, coming up on, we'll have our two-year anniversary coming up uh, fairly soon. So uh, we've been doing it for well, well more than than a year, and it's just because we both have day jobs that we um, we we find it uh, challenging to find time in our schedules uh, to do it more than about every every two weeks. Yeah, that's actually something you uh, I'm, in the episode I listened to, episode forty-three. You you reference actually just to, you know how you record every couple weeks, and it sounded a bit like I was going to ask you about that, so we might as well jump to that. Uh, it sounded a bit like it was a on the one hand, maybe an intentional thing because you kind of, if you talk every week, you don't have enough stuff to talk about and just, um, but also the reality of having a day job that, you know, quote unquote, is kind of interferes, so to speak, with, with, uh, with podcasting as most of us, uh, I'm sure are familiar, very familiar with, but, um, the, the aspects of having a, I guess for somebody who's planning out a new show, maybe you're thinking about doing a show, the idea of, uh, we often hear like you should do it every week, do it regularly every week, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, how has it worked for you over the 44 now episodes, uh, sort of doing oh, it every it, other week? It, well, it's worked great because what usually happens is we can, and it ends up unfortunately again, because of the, the nature of, of both of our jobs, because we, um, we, we, neither one of us, I should say is a regular classroom professor. Both of us have jobs in cooperative extension, which means that we do work with the general public. We do work with the food industry. Uh, we do work with the restaurant industry. And so what that means is that we're traveling to to those locations to do um, teachings, you know, uh, v- visits to those people, farm visits or, or restaurant visits or consulting visits. And um, it just means that we have a very, very busy travel schedule. So I'd, I'd like to say that we do an episode every two weeks. What it really ends up is we're averaging two episodes a month. And so what we might do is we might go for almost a month and then release a couple of episodes, you know, more back to back. Now, I, I've always tried to advocate um, to my to my co-host. And we, can, and I don't, you know, I've listened to a bunch of your podcasts, and I've never heard anybody talk about like the dyna- dynamic between the the two hosts. And and it's really mm. neither one of us is a is actually a, a lead, and so it's sort of a, a team project. And so we sort of make decisions about stuff just kind of by working it out. Um, and so, I, like I said, I'd like to stick on a, like a more regular schedule, like no matter what, we're going to release an episode every two weeks. And Ben is more of the mindset that, well, let's just release them as soon as we've got them. And if we, if we go almost a month and then we release two episodes back to back, well, so be it. Let's, let's just do that. So, and, and, and I'm totally, I'm totally fine with that, but I, you know, I, it would be very interesting if somebody actually had some hard data on, is I mean I've heard certainly I've heard people give the advice that yes you you should do it every week or you should do it regularly, um, but that said you know again we both have day jobs and we both kind of you know do what we need to do to get the pot I mean <laughs> it's still it's still a thrill when we just get a damn episode out you know it's just like because it is it is and again you know we're talking to an audience of either people that do podcasting or that want to do podcasting and it can be a lot of work especially and I don't know how guys like. Like you and Dan and uh, uh, and and Mike um, uh, from um, uh, seven, the Seven Decibels Network, which is now part of Five by Five. I don't know how you guys do it to have more uh, more than one show, especially when you you have a day job just like I do, and yet you're doing all of this other stuff trying to build these networks. It just it just seems to me. I mean, it, it's it's overwhelming to me to think about just doing one episode and getting one episode out every two weeks. I just can't imagine um, any any more significant workload than that. <laughs> well, and that's uh, maybe. Our, our day jobs, if you ask them, they might say they are, they're suffering. <laughs> I guess in the case of Dan, he, he, that is his day job. But that, That's true. Yeah, case, but I know yes. like Mike too, I, he 
definitely doesn't get a lot of sleep, uh, <laughs> I'm sure, even if it is British sleep. But actually, that's uh, funny. I, I was talking or tweeting actually back and forth with Mike a bit about that idea of the regularity regularity of, uh, and I won't make a poop joke there, but regularity of Too late. recording an episode that uh, where it, I, I, I would argue too, similar to what maybe your co-host is kind of feeling is uh, I as much as I do go for the regular episodes, obviously, that's what I try and do with the show. But if somebody says subscribe to your show, they're there. And they, it's kind of like even with an RSS reader where you subscribe to websites, your podcast listening app of choice will automatically download new episodes whenever you there's a new one there and you listen to it, presumably. Um, and to me, it's almost the opposite effect where if I release too many, then people will stop listening. But if I don't release it for a couple of weeks, their podcast player is still going to grab it, download it. It'll pop up, say, here's a new show from Food Safety Talk. And I'll say, oh, OK, I have. I hadn't realized I hadn't listened to it for a month, but there it is. Now I'll go listen to it, you know? Um, and there's, I think there's plenty of angles both ways where you as a producer, if you go too long where you haven't put out a, a new show, maybe lose some enthusiasm if you don't miss it when it's, I can't, I, I get a little squirrely if I haven't done a show for a while. It kind of feels like maybe there's too much words in my brain that need to come out or something. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think, there's arguments to be made both ways, obviously, and uh, and it'll probably continue to be made as we develop and, and figure out how this whole podcasting thing works. Yeah, and I think, you know, and this is one of the things that I, <clears throat> excuse me, that I harp on on our show is that people love to make statements about food safety, but as a scientist and as a, as a number crunching guy, I want to see the data, right? I want to see the proof. Don't, don't tell me that something is true and show me some numbers that you've already massaged and, and analyzed. Show me the raw data and then tell me what your hypothesis is. I want to evaluate that. So again, it would be very interesting. I'm sure we could never get the data. I don't even know how you'd collect the data to find out, well, okay, so what is it about uh, successful podcasts. And I honestly, I would like to believe it comes back to more, what are the personalities of the people? Um, you know, what is the, what is the topic? And, 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 and if those things are interesting, then maybe you can get away with having a schedule that isn't, uh, you know, very rigorous or, or isn't, isn't, uh, you know, pr tightly prescribed. That said, um, you know, I start to get itchy, like, uh, you know, this, this last week when, when back to work didn't come out on time, I'm like, okay, so where's the episode? You know, I'm ready, <laughs> I'm ready to listen to it and it's not there. Uh, yeah. And it turns out actually, I guess they had some recording problems and they had to record it later and, and all of that. But, but yeah, you're right. I mean, <clears throat> It seems silly because in your podcast app of choice, it's going to show up when it shows up, and 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 you know you shouldn't worry about it. It'll be there when whenever it's there. So in uh, in that note, I guess what the last episode uh, that you that I listened to, sorry, you had just released episode forty four. Like I said, uh, you had mentioned some things of about the podcast. Um, uh, sorry, the things you talked about in the podcast, as I fumble over my words here, uh, things like overcooking pork, ordering a medium rare burger across different restaurants was some uh, research that uh, your co-host, uh, Ben, who I should just mention, uh, Ben Chapman, who's assistant professor and extension food safety specialist at North Carolina State University. Uh, so a very, very well-educated, smart guys talking food and food safety, but um collecting data and things like that and and just the discussion the type of discussion you have kind of varies i guess from you're talking sort of meta behind the scenes stuff about the podcast for a while you're talking about some of the tools and things you use to record the podcast maybe this is just a, a sampling episode but then you do sort of get into the meat of so to speak <laughs> uh no pun intended but of the 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 show which is kind of a neat style i think that is becoming a little more common where traditionally it was kind of like you know, if this is a food safety podcast, we talk about food safety and that's all we talk about. We're not going to bore, quote unquote, bore our listeners with other details, but where it feel, feels a bit more like a, a good, just a good conversation between two uh, food safety experts that encompasses more than just, it's, you know, the whole life almost, so to speak, of, of that show or of, of you guys. And so um, how intentional is that in, in deciding on the show and how... Man, that was a really long-winded question, but yeah, no, no, but it's it's, <laughs> but a, it's a really it's a really good question. I'm not sure that I have a good answer, except to say, obviously, our styles are influenced. It's kind of like maybe like I'm not a musician, but kind of like a musician. The music the music you listen to influences the music you play. So I mean, certainly, 
I've been influenced by a lot of different podcasts and I think either consciously or maybe even more so unconsciously, I have in my head what I think a, a podcast should should sound like and should be like. And and this format that Ben and I have come up with, you know, it's it's I guess it's sort of becoming again for many for many podcasts it's more a standard pod, a standard format, but we connect you know, on Skype, uh, and we start talking and, and it's kind of like, well, you know, what's going on with you and this is what's going on with me. And I, um, I, I have kids, but they're, they're grown and, and Ben has young kids and, you know, with young kids, there's always food safety issues and there's plenty of poop going on. I mean, there's a number of episodes that have featured Ben's kids and their, their spectacular illnesses. Well, I had to, um, sorry to interrupt, but I had to laugh because that's on the episode I listened to, he just talked about his child smearing poo all over the bed, the yeah, room, the floor. Yeah. Which the same story happened to my wife. When I, luckily, I, well, lucky for me, I wasn't there when it happened. But on vacation, our two-year-old at the time, and she thought he was sleeping fine, and came into the room to find a nice piece of poo artwork. But anyway, yeah. Well, and and that's good. See that we've we've now connected with a listener. Listener, we bonded over something. And there's there's another episode back there. I don't remember the number called "Inoculating the Plane," which is about how Ben and and one of his sons were traveling on an airplane, and and the son was sick, and so the solution, the airplane solution, was to get them off the plane first. And of course, they're already at the way at the back of the plane. And so now, again, if you think thinking like a, a microbe or like a microbiologist, they're essentially pulling that that source of disease, Ben's son, all the way through the plane while they're making all the other passengers wait there, which is really probably from a risk management perspective is probably not uh, not such a good idea. But but to, to turn to turn again to turn back to uh, the idea of how did we hit on this format for the podcast? I mean, we um, I think we're both just kind of we're 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 genuinely friends like like off the air and so we do want to I do want to know what's going on with his life and 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 not only his academic life but his family life and and what's going on in in uh, North Carolina or wherever he happens to be and and the same for him and me and and but at some point we know we have to, and, and again we stuff happens to us during the the intervening weeks and and you know professional stuff happens to us in terms of who we got a call from and what problem we're trying to solve for whomever and so all of that informs the podcast, and we do we do some prep, um, and and certainly there's plenty of food safety news going on, and there are a number of websites that we both follow that that keep us up to date with current outbreaks and things like that, and so we always have a few sort of topical current event type things to talk about, but it also could be the things just going on in our lives, and so we just we kind of we have kind of have a sense of, of how we want the podcast to go, but on the other hand. I think we also both know what good conversation sounds like, and so neither one of us is necessarily afraid to, to is, is not afraid to let the thing go off the rails or to go into you know various uh, various rat holes as as we figure out what it is that we're doing and what we want to talk about. Yeah, and that's actually as I'm thinking as you talk, you know, reference things that you talk about on your show. What I think I'll do, I keep thinking of questions I want to ask you about food safety stuff and kids and <laughs> and things like that. So maybe uh, after this show, we'll, we'll do the little a little bit of an AO, which is kind of like my version of an after dark, where then I'll just I'll I'll question you for 15 minutes about <laughs> oh, sure <laughs> random yeah, things absolutely. that have come up, and I'll rather than uh, rabbit hole down uh, down uh, that in this show here and. Uh, for anybody listening live, if you have questions about that stuff, we'll take a you know fifteen minutes of Don's time maybe and uh, put out an AO after that. So if you have questions, throw them in the chat room. But um, uh, which you can find if you're li- if you're listening to this later and you're curious, uh, just as a bit of a plug, I guess about listening live. I usually record this show on Tuesdays. Um, I'm terrible at time zones, so I'm not going to bother explaining that what time zone I'm in, all that stuff. But <laughs> sskdn.com/live. There's a calendar there, a chat room you can join in, IRC chat, which sounds really geeky and looks a little geeky, but it's pretty simple and and easy to to join in and listen to the live stream. Uh, and uh, and yeah, the calendar there will show you your time zone and when the show is actually recorded. So if you'd like to tune in and listen, uh, we'd love to have you uh, join in. Um, so talk about, uh, as far as producing the show, topics and things that you come across, like you said, uh, you guys are doing research, you know, visiting websites, much like, you know, the world I'm familiar with is obviously like, say, tech world where, you know, Mac rumors come out and your, you know, you know shows that I do were, were involved in tech. And so we kind of keep up on similar sites. But what, um, what you mentioned in episode 43 is uh, using Dropbox for show notes and, and, and your prep. And you guys share a folder, presumably your file or whatever that you update. Um does that work work well or how does that I've, I haven't heard of someone using Dropbox on that where you're both collaboratively editing the same file you know in lieu of uh, 
joint discussion, I guess, whereas something like Google Docs, you can both collaboratively edit it live. It seems to me like you might run into issues with Dropbox, but is, what what have you found? Well, that's a, that's a really good question, actually. And, and it works really well because our styles for how we use it are very different. And we've talked about this on the podcast as well. My style is... <clears throat> Throughout the various intervening, you know, couple of weeks between each podcast, I will watch my RSS feed. I'll look for interesting stories. We kind of have a format where we put the the date that we put it in there and the name of the person and then a URL and then a little bit of text about it um, to kind of, you know, prime the pump and, and start us thinking about it. And and I will carefully, methodically, diligently work in over a couple of weeks to put all that in there. And then um, and then usually the day we're recording the show, I'm doing something else earlier in the day. And then right before the show, like a couple hours before the show, Ben will then go in and add a whole bunch of things. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, we have we have stepped on each other's Dropbox edits, um, I think, once. But for the most part, it works. Uh, it works pretty well. Um, and, and they're small. They're text files. And again, if you if anybody's familiar with Dropbox, you know that if you ever do uh, step on a Dropbox edit from somebody, you can go back to the version in the cloud and you can actually restore backups. And so I, I, generally it works uh, It works quite well for us um, because we have different sort of organizational styles getting ready for the podcast. Yeah, that's that actually describes it perfectly because I was picturing this world where like the, the show that I do with Tim Smith and stuff where we're both kind of – we have different times that we pop in and, and he never – with Dropbox, you wouldn't know for sure that someone else isn't in there already. Um, but yeah, it, it obviously really works where you're preparing ahead of time and he's kind of last minute-ish, or at least at least when he's putting the stuff into the joint file anyways, is last minute-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, that seems to work really well. Um, the other thing and, I noticed... And, oh, sorry, oh, go, ahead. go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say the other thing too. I mean, I like the idea of using Google Docs, but my, and I've used it a little bit, but my understanding, I think of, and me, correct me if I'm wrong, with Google Docs, there is no way to edit when you're offline. And the nice thing about this is if you're on a bad internet connection or you're offline, you can just be fiddling around with that Dropbox thing. And then once you go back online, it, just, it goes right back up to the, to the, to the cloud and then, and then distributes out. Does, yeah. Does Google Docs have that feature? I think with... Um Maybe someone in the chat room can tell me too. The Google Drive you can install it locally, and I believe. But uh, I have I, I'm of the not trusting Google completely <laughs> there either, and so that's where I do I do a bit of both. Actually, I sort of play both sides, I guess. Where we have in on the shows that I have joint stuff, I'll do it in Google Docs, but then I'll always copy and paste it into my own local uh, text file that I actually is happen to be syncs happens to sync on Dropbox, but it doesn't get shared with anybody else. And so that's actually like when I'm talking with you here, I'm using just a text editor and, and making notes and looking at my notes in, in a text file that's synced through Dropbox, but nobody else, you know, you're not looking at it. I don't share it with anybody, so I don't have to worry about overwriting. But when we do record a collaborative show, then we both are looking at the Google Docs. But I actually usually, um, probably for that reason, like you said, just the fear that, although if my internet goes down, I'm going to not, obviously not be <laughs> recording the show anyways, but that fear that it's going to somehow disappear and not save my stuff, it feels like... I'm still maybe I'm of the old school mind of not trusting the cloud completely yet. Yeah, and the the other thing that I'll do too is so right before we start the podcast, I will take the 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 the, the not not the show notes, but the notes that we're using to write the to 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 guide the show. I will take that document and I will make a copy of it and I'll rename it, and then that's what I'll look at during the the episode. I don't know what Ben's doing. <laughs> I'm assuming he's looking <laughs> at the old version. Um, but again, it it yeah. generally seems to work, and we, yeah. we don't step on each other's edits, and and we you know somehow manage to to cobble together a show. Yeah, and it's it sounds really well well produced, well done. Um, something on on show notes that I noticed just looking at your your post for the page, uh, which you know always helps with the Google searches and all that kind of stuff. But you have a really well written. Uh, again, I'm not looking at every single episode here, but like you know the last bunch, anyways, really well written show summary. That's not just a, the lazy man's way of doing, which is how I do it. Is you know a one paragraph, maybe one sentence if I'm feeling really lazy, description of the show and then just a bunch of a linked list of uh, unordered list of all the stuff you sort of talked about in link form. Whereas you have a a more paragraph story written out of the episode. And, uh, and so who, how, how do you put that together and, and uh, how does that relate? I guess you can also talk a bit about your editing process after you record the show, how that sort of integrates maybe. 
Yeah, that's that's an excellent question. And if you go back to some of the earlier versions of the show, um, like I think I was looking at episode one the other day, it is more that linked list format. And to me, I, I like the the more narrative style. Um, it is a ton more work, but I will say that one of the things, and if you, and if you, again, if you look and you see, and we'll talk maybe about workflow and, and what, you know, what I do, what my co-host does at some point, but what, one of the things that we decided early on was we thought, Hey, this would be a great opportunity for a graduate student who wanted to learn about food safety. We would give them the opportunity of helping us for free um, to do, <laughs> to do the show notes. And so we put it out on the podcast. We said, Hey, look, if you're a listener to the podcast and you'd like to help us with this, you're a graduate student or whatever. And we actually got a response from a guy who's, who's, not, who's not a graduate student, who neither of us knew, who had just found the show in iTunes, who was a researcher in Australia uh, that neither of us had ever met. And, and uh, as you mentioned, I'm uh, currently president-elect of IAFP. Our, 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 our annual meeting is coming up. And this guy that volunteered to do our show notes, Andreas uh, Kiermeyer, he actually was a guest on the show before, and he's actually going to be at this meeting. And so Ben and I are going to get a chance to meet him face-to-face. But this is a guy who is just was really interested in the podcast. And he's like, well, yeah, I could, I'll do that. I'll be happy to do that. And, and his whole thing of why did he want to do that? Well, he, he wanted to just be the first one to listen to the podcast. And so it just ended up being this just wonderful, delightful collaboration of this guy. And, and, you know, we're not, we're not making any money on the podcast and we're not, we're not paying Andreas, but he just seems to have a great time. He, He definitely helps us what we do. So what we do when we're recording the show, I'm like looking at Safari and I'm, I'm opening uh, windows each time we have a new topic. And then there's a, a wonderful tool uh, that that Brett Terpster wrote that basically, uh, I think it's called Tag Links, that basically uh, what it will do is it will open uh, the URL. It'll, it'll list the URLs of all the open tabs um, from your Safari browser as a, a, a basically a list following a certain template. And so I'll, during the podcast, I'll be opening windows. And then at the end, I'll just click this, uh, this little button on my toolbar. And then I'll just send Andreas that list. And then he, he uses that as kind of like, and then he'll listen to the podcast, he'll look at the links and then he'll, he'll put a, together the first draft of the show notes. And then depending upon uh, whether, and we, so what Ben and I do is we share, one of us will do the audio one week and then, uh, and the other one will do the show notes, the editing of the show of the Andreas's draft of the show notes. And then next week we'll switch, although we don't always firmly stick to that schedule. And then um, that ends up working really well for us. And because Andreas does most of the heavy lifting on the front end, what we are seeing then is just a, uh, basically a formatted text file. Andreas uses Microsoft Word. Um, and then we'll just edit that very, very lightly, you know, going through and, not, you know, fixing typos or if he, if he got, you know, some weird thing we were talking about that he couldn't find on the internet, we'll help him find the, the URL to that. And, uh, and then, and then, and that ends up being our show notes. But he does probably 90 to 95% of the work of that um, completely uh, just out of his love of the show. And we we love him for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> That's awesome, though, too, because it's the, the show notes, I think, are one of the, the banes of a lot of podcasters. It's not that you don't enjoy putting it together, but after you've done the show, you're kind of like you want to check it off your list and say you're done. But then you actually have to do a whole bunch of editing and, and producing and stuff. And so um, – that's an awesome thing. And I was going to, I'll just slip in a little plug for, for Aaron Dowd, actually, who's a guy I've used uh, to edit some of the shows that I uh, do here. And he, oh, I just updated his website too, which looks great. Um, AaronDowd.com. And uh, he doesn't do it for free, but he, he will, uh, you can pay him to do some editing, uh, put together the whole show notes and everything like that. Or if you need complete help with putting together a podcast, he uh, he does some lots of good stuff with that that kind of stuff. So and really good at uh, capturing show notes and links and all that kind of stuff. So if you are like me and sometimes get a little overwhelmed with all the shows you're doing, or maybe just the one show you're doing, uh, I'll do a, throw a little free plug here for Aaron. <laughs> yeah, that seems like <laughs> a fantastic uh, service. The kind of people that can can do those kind of things for you to let you focus on doing what you're good at, which is you know hosting a podcast or, or running a podcast network. I mean, that just seems to me like to be a no brainer. Yeah. And it seems like a, one of those things. And I think, I think as much like Aaron is great. And I think, but I think there's going to be a market for more than just Aaron. There is already other people out there. I'm sure doing it. I'm not, a, I'm not familiar with, but, uh, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to plug all of them. So don't send me emails, but, um, the, the, I think there's a market for it that will be growing for this kind of thing as podcasting continues to grow, like in various forms. And, uh, 
And if it's something where it's a difference between, it's it's just like anything else where, yeah, it sounds expensive. Like, I don't know, his our, his rate might be $75 right now. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, so don't quote me. But um, for a podcast, and that sounds like a lot, maybe you're like, well, I could just do it myself. But at the same time, if it's going to keep you from actually doing your show because you don't enjoy editing, you don't think you're good at editing or you hate having to write show notes and so you don't put anything together, then that's going to decrease the quality of your show. You're probably not going to have as many listeners, etc. It all sort of filters down. And so, um, yeah, doing something like that, even if it's for a couple episodes when maybe you're going to go on holidays or something and you want to just hand it off to someone like that. Just a, a neat way of sort of sharing the load. And, and if you have listeners like you do who really love it and want to just do it for free, <laughs> all the better. <laughs> More power to you. Well, he's, we're going to pay him in beers, I think. Yeah, time, so. <laughs> exactly. There's always, it's, it's yeah, always. And there's fame and glory, too. Like, we now now his name has been mentioned on two podcasts. There you go. <laughs> that's worth We all know actually, how much that's worth Actually, he's, he's actually looking for a job. I think he quit his job uh, in Australia, and he's actually looking for a job. So who knows? I mean, this, you know, this might find him another job, and we would go. definitely pay him back for, for <laughs> doing all those show notes for us. Which area of Australia is it? Not to spend it. Um, he lives in the western part. I'll, I'll uh, what I'll do is I will uh, look him up and I'll, I'll put a link in the in the chat um, sure. <laughs> uh, for for Andreas. Uh, no, I just have my brother in law who I do a podcast with, who's in actually over on the east coast of Australia. So they they would never have met, I'm sure. <laughs> Not that well, they're from Australia. Do you know so and so? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, which is funny. Actually, I was going to mention the the music cues and stuff that you use. Uh, speaking of uh, fabulous editing, the <laughs> the music cues that you use, like the bug news section. I noticed. I think it was Banu has does the little music cues, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is yeah, on par with yeah. what I do with my brother in law, Lost and the Lost and Lemon, the show that I do with him, where I just put him on the spot and make him do music cues as we record. So it's, it's, uh, it saves on production time. <laughs> so maybe just yeah. talk me through, you mentioned that you, um, you share the load of, of editing the podcast. Sometimes, so one time you do it and the other time Ben does it. Um, what is the workflow that you do and are you matched in terms of how you edit and what you edit in and things like that and what tools you use? Um, I'm not sure I understand the question. Oh, like actually putting, uh, sorry, that really peaked out there really loud oh uh actually editing the show itself so the software that you use to edit your podcast oh yeah on so your let end. me get my yeah let me get my um our text file up uh where we talk about that actually uh it's, it's so funny i was just talking to uh my uh my son is visiting me from uh from denver and i have been uh, uh getting him to listen to various podcast and, and you know got him hooked on Roderick on the line now and he's like yeah you know my friend Dave back in New Jersey he and I could do a podcast I was like that's right you could do a podcast let me show you my workflow so um so so what we so in terms of how we do the 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 audio um we we're using call recorder um and we're each recording it although we're not doing what I think is called the the double ender where you where you have the audio track separately I I I looked at I looked at Call Recorder and apparently I, I think I heard this on your show. Apparently, Call Recorder does record the two tracks separately. I could never figure out how to how to get access to the two tracks separately. So I just we just take so we so we use call each of us uses Call Recorder redundantly. So in case one of us has a, a problem or one of us per, forgets to hit record, um, we're we're using we're using each using Call Recorder to record our our both sides of the conversation. Right. We take the the MOV from Call Recorder and we use um, uh, Fission from Rogue Amoeba to to import that MOV and to to export an AIF. And the reason why we need an AIF is that's the input into Levelator. And I know you've I think you've talked about Levelator before on the show. Uh, it, that's a software that will take the the two sides of the conversation and make them equal volume. I think. Originally, we weren't doing that, and so if you listen to some earlier episodes, uh, the the levels might not be quite right. Now, I I know I've heard uh, audio purists say that that's not the right way to do it, and blah blah blah. And you know, I'm I'm hey, as as a as a as an audio editor, I'm a great food microbiologist, right? And and Ben is too, and so I need a tool that I can easily use. Now, if somebody could explain to me how to how to do it without using Levelator, that would be great. But to my to my ears to my unsophisticated ears it it sounds fine i look at the i look at the waveforms and they definitely look screwed up but but to my ears <laughs> it sounds just fine so we take the well, we take the, i was going to say i think that what's nice about your show and where levelator 
can shine is when it's just two people talking and they're close-ish to the same level. There's not music. Because what often I think of podcasters do is they run their whole show through Levelator. And so you have music and and maybe audio like soundboard type stuff or whatever that's also getting levelated and it ends up with a really crunchy or peaky kind of sound or just really compressed sound because it's all trying to match everything together. But that being said, like I, I completely agree. I know like I'm sure you've heard Dan Benjamin go off on level later <laughs> on a couple of his shows, I think. But um yeah, I think you like I said, just like with Aaron, you know, using a service like Aaron Dowd or whoever to help edit you do what helps get your show out there and 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 adjust as you go. But uh, yeah. Anyways, continue. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, believe me, if I could figure out how to use a soundboard, that would be wonderful. I, you know, and and I, again, this shows you how uns, unsophisticated I am. Maybe I shouldn't I shouldn't reveal this, but like I know when I when I play audio on on my computer. I can hear it, but I know it doesn't get recorded and I know the other person on the other end doesn't hear it. And I would love to be able to have a soundboard and to do that. I think it would make the show a lot more interesting. Now, what you're telling me is if I did that, it might it might screw it up when we, we levelator it. But anyway, so um, so we take the we take the AIF uh, from Fission into Levelator that produces the leveled AIF. Uh, we take that um, and we uh, – so what uh, – my workflow is if I'm doing that, I will then take that leveled AIF and I'll just generate an MP3 because we need to give something to our uh, – Andreas who's doing our show notes. And we tried um, – excuse me. We tried a few times um, – uh, sharing the the MOV with him, and he has a. We have a separate Dropbox that we use for working a Dropbox folder that we use for working with Andreas. Um, but um, but he has a free account, and if we put too too many MOVs in that free account, then it pegs out his free Dropbox account. Right. So <laughs> um, so it's just and there's you know the the MOV sounds the same as the MP3 essentially. Um, so uh, and I just like to produce a levelated one for him. So so at that point I'll I'll pull an MP3 out of that and and put that into his Dropbox so he can start doing the show notes. And then we take that same leveled AIF and then we we import that into GarageBand. And then and then all of the work that we did and it's relatively simple we basically have the intro music we, we drop that in we have the outro music we drop that in um we there's a, a little bit of work because we we record um we kind of do the show and then we've taken to doing an after dark but the after dark is just part of the show so we'll have the intro music we'll have the show we'll have the outro music and then as soon as the outro music ends we'll have our after dark and 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 the first time we did that one of our one of our friends who listens to the show she says i think you guys made a mistake <laughs> the music ends and then you keep talking it's like it's okay, it's okay michelle we 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 designed it to do that uh, yeah. on purpose so um and so i and i don't really know how many people stick through to the end but then and then and then i'll do a little bit of light editing there um like we we talk about when we're going to schedule the next podcast and i always edit that stuff out i'm not i'm not always sure what uh what ben does. I, I do, I do go back and listen to some of the shows. I don't listen to all of the shows, but I will, I will periodically listen just to kind of do a check on the the audio and just to kind of make sure that we're not, uh, that we're still, we're still doing what I think is a, is a good job. So, um, yeah. And then we do, we do all of that, that audio editing in uh, GarageBand. Uh, we export it out of GarageBand as an MP3. And then um, we, we used to do some uh, meta tagging in, in iTunes um, before when we were using, so we, we use, we host the, the podcast site on Squarespace uh, and we were using Squarespace five, which didn't support podcasts natively. So we had to actually host the audio somewhere else. Um, on uh, Amazon uh, uh, S3, S3. Um, yeah. Uh, but now with with Squarespace six, it actually uh, will allow you to do um, uh, podcast audio file hosting on on Squarespace six. So uh, that's changed our the the tagging a little bit. I think um, Squarespace six handles that tagging for you automatically um, if you have the right stuff in in the right fields there. And then and then so one of us will do show notes, the other will do audio. Uh, the show notes person will put their show notes into Squarespace. The audio person will put their audio in. Um, and then once both of those things are there, whoever is the last one to, to do it, whether it's the audio person or the, or the show notes person, they will then uh, hit publish and then boom, it's, uh, it's out there. Yeah. And that's uh, the Squarespace, the version six, um, do they give you any sort of stats 
downloads, stream numbers as far as the podcast? Uh, you know, <laughs> I everybody should worry about that. Just no, well, it's important. I think it is important to know what's happening, and and part of the reason why we switched from uh, Amazon S3 to Squarespace is, is I thought it would give us that, and it's it's. It, it definitely gives us stats on the pages. If it does give you audio stats, I haven't quite been able to figure that out. And, and I would, I mean, I, 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 the senses I get from iTunes reviews and from, you know, various interactions with people, my sense is the audience is still growing, but I, I wish I had better numbers on that. And, and if, if Squarespace 6 does give you those numbers, I don't know how to do it. Now, I did turn on Google Analytics in Squarespace 6, and I'm hoping that might help. And it's been, that's been running for a couple of episodes now. So, yeah, and you can, you can tell by my answers to these questions. As a, again, as a, as a podcaster and a tech guy, I make a pretty good food microbiology. <laughs> well, no, and that's a, I think you do what you do, and that's, uh, that's, that's good. I'm just curious for other folks who might be uh, trying to look at that and, and whether if – I think there's certainly a, a legitimate reason to have stats and to be aware of them, but the, it's also kind of nice just to uh, not <laughs> sometimes too and just enjoy what you're doing regardless of if there's people listening, and that sounds maybe a little fancy, but um, it's just – Sometimes the stats get in the way of, of just having, especially when it's like, for most of us, it's a hobby that we really enjoy. And yes, we want to, if, if somebody came along and said, I'll give you $4,000 a month to do that podcast, we'd happily take that and do that. Um, but so if you're out there, SSKTN.com slash contact. But, um, <laughs> but at the same time, you can obsess over the stats and spend way too much time looking at them like I do. And, uh, and got, that kind of gets in the way either either emotionally or just in terms of the amount of time you just waste uh, uh, pouring over the stats and, and figuring out what's going on. Um, yeah, and, and, I, and I would say, too, that we do it not in anticipation of listeners, although we would love more <laughs> listeners, but we do it because, I, I mean, I honestly, I, I, you get to, I don't know, I mean, Ben is Ben is younger in his career. He's just going up for tenure. I've been, I've been at this game a long time, and, you know, I love doing research. I love writing papers. I love traveling. I love talking to people about food safety, but honestly, one of the most fun things that I do is this thing with Ben, where we just get together every couple of weeks and we just talk about what's going on in food safety. And it really, I just really enjoy doing it. And I, I, I want to say, I hope I never get to test this, but I want to say I would do it even if it was just me and Ben listening because it's just, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. It sounds like, uh, that's, I can certainly identify with that because that's some of the shows that I do, like even my brother-in-law, like it's, it's something that hopefully a few family members listen to, or hopefully some of the other family members don't listen to. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and some friends and, and random folks who stump, somehow stumble across it. And it's, you know, a fun show we do about business and life and kind of that idea of talking about what we do in our day job and then also just catching up on what life is like in Australia and back here in Saskatoon. And, uh, but yeah, the listener numbers are not going to attract anybody with any amount of real money to that kind of show <laughs> or who actually, unless it's something where they would pitch some sort of service directly to my family, extended family, <laughs> some sort of service. <laughs> well, the size of your family. That could be very lucrative. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, yeah, and it's just, it's fun to do. It's a great, it's, it's a yeah, form of, which I, I would guess for you too, it's a form of almost peer coffee, going for coffee with a peer that you just, you know, you want to catch up on and you talk about, about work, you talk shop and you talk life and, and then if people want to tune in, you're, happy to do that but right and, and and part of the audience is we are looking for just regular people um who are interested in food safety to listen because i think we have something to offer them certainly i hope that our food safety peers that is our other other food safety professionals in the world um want to listen to that both academics and industry and and again it's um the kind of people that we have listening I mean, I can tell you who some of the, our listeners are and they're people that whose opinions I respect in the food industry. These are people that are our peers who are smart people who enjoy listening to what we have to say. And then we also have some just regular people that are, um, you know, that, that just stumbled across the podcast and, and that's fantastic too. And I love, I just, I love the idea that, uh, that this is just a, yet another way to reach people. And, you know, one of the things too that I've been working on, this is kind of goes along with the discussion of, of listeners is how do you get the word out about the podcast? And it just goes to show you that you, you never know um, 
what the best way to reach new listeners is. Like, so for example, when we started the podcast, I just assumed that everybody that was going to listen was going to listen the same way I was going to listen. They were going to take their, their iPhone or their, whatever their, their, their podcast listening device. They were going to subscribe in iTunes using whatever, and then use whatever, whatever software they, they, they wanted or, or, you know, again, and we can, we can talk about that. Um, but it turns out we have one guy who is the executive director of, uh, this association that Ben and I are both members of. And he has, uh, I think, uh, some kind of a Blackberry or an Android phone or something. And he doesn't listen to podcasts and he doesn't have iTunes as far as I know. Um, and he listens on the computer <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and he wanted to know, he said, how can I find out when there's a new episode? And then I started off on this thing about RSS feeds and iTunes and I could see that I was not reaching him. Right. Like that was, <laughs> yeah. that was, that was all like, you know, <laughs> like a blah, 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 ginger. Right. I was, I was telling, I was telling him a bunch of stuff that was making no sense to him. So I said, you know what, David, for you, we need to come up with a different solution. And what that did was it triggered, it, it, it re, re-triggered something in my head that, you know, we really need uh, a, a, a MailChimp newsletter. And there's a very nice way to couple your RSS feed to a MailChimp newsletter so that every time a new episode comes out, and I think they're using this on, on 5x5, um, you get a new thing that goes out to people's email. And, and that ended up being perfect for him. He's like, oh, great. Thank you. Now I know this new episode. I can click the link in my email message. I can go and I can listen on my computer. And it's just, it, never, it never occurred to me until I had that conversation with him. Like, like that's the way that he's going to listen. And then the other thing that we've started doing is, is I, I put a, a share button on the website. Uh, and when a new episode comes out, I, I share it on uh, Facebook. I share it on LinkedIn. I share it on Twitter. Um, uh, and, and to me, again, thinking it the way that, that the world that I live in interacts, you just, you promote it on Twitter because that's where everybody is. Well, it turns out that everybody that we want to reach is not necessarily on Twitter. And so, in fact, a lot of our friends are, you know, as much as it pains me to say this on Facebook and people love to, 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 to rag on Facebook, but you know what, if that's where your listeners are, that's where you need to promote the show. And so it ends up being, again, a fantastic way to share with that audience. And, and, and I, I just, I learned the other day, we even talked about it on an episode a couple of podcasts ago, that my mom listened, right? And the only reason my mom, again, my mom's not going to learn her SS feed. She's probably not going to learn iTunes um, and how to navigate that. But, you know, she can click a link on Facebook and she sat there with her laptop <laughs> listening to the episode of the show. And she said it was, it was just, it was, it was delightful. And she, she very much enjoyed my, my co-host and his lovely Canadian accent. <laughs> <laughs> well, I should listen but, to this show she, too. And she said, and she said you know, she said, look, I, I understood a lot of what you were talking about. I didn't understand all of it. And to me, that was like, that was perfect. Like, so I made a podcast that a regular person, i.e. my mom could sit down and listen to and get some value out of. And then, and the other thing too, is like, again, LinkedIn is this horrible mess that I would, I would sort all the LinkedIn messages coming and I got on it, you know, because that was what all the, you know, business professionals were doing got on it. I'd sort all those messages into a folder and then I'd go in periodically and I'd say, oh gosh, I guess I should accept this person's LinkedIn request. I guess I should accept this person's LinkedIn request. Never seeing any value. And then all of a sudden it occurred to me, I can put a share link on the website and I can let all of these people that for some reason want to connect with me on LinkedIn, I can let them know about the podcast. So finally, to me, LinkedIn has a value because now that's a way that I can perhaps attract new listeners to the show. And so it makes clicking all of those um, LinkedIn requests, uh, accepting all those LinkedIn requests somehow less painful because I know I'm potentially growing the listener base. Yeah. And, uh, and every podcaster, if they're, you know, if they're all honest and we, we talked to, you know, a little while ago, but listener numbers don't matter, but listener numbers completely matter because, <laughs> and, and as much as sometimes, you know, often we'll, like you said, we'll sort of poo poo being on Facebook or LinkedIn and it's horrible and stuff. But if it means you can have another 50 listeners to your show or, or whatever number it might be on either of those services, uh, it's probably worth it to to use them and, and if nothing else just for uh, and especially I think a show like yours where it's a very industry specific show it's uh, industry specific story in, in that um, that's the audience you're speaking at initially but anybody like like I was joking with you earlier like anybody like me with kids or with 
who makes food, which is most yeah, of us. Well, basically, Chris, our, our target audience is people who eat food. Yeah. So <laughs> there's a few billion of those, uh, yeah, I think, exactly. last time I checked. We, we only want a small percentage of that. Yeah, exactly. But if they're they're going to be there, and and like like there is a target uh, within your in that <laughs> within the world, the, the one niche would be your colleagues and peers. And, and I would imagine, like you said, you find them on LinkedIn because they're not bothering with Twitter they want to maybe connect and find a new job somewhere else or or find peers as well and that's where they happen to be on LinkedIn and and I, I can identify too with that idea that I know uh, my I think my mother-in-law listens to this sh- to some of the shows probably not this one because it's probably kind of boring if you're not into podcasting but listen to some shows by just going to the web page and clicking play and to, to me that's foreign and why would you do that but like you said it's as easy as iTunes is for a lot of us for a lot of people it's it's foreign and very confusing and a lot of clicking and linking linking to stuff and browsers opening up iTunes and then trying to get that onto your iPhone, which like I said, it sounds simple, but isn't actually that simple if you haven't done it before and, and it's a new thing to you. So um, yeah, making it as easy as possible for anybody to listen to your show, I think is, is always going to be a good thing. Yeah. That's, that's that you just nailed it in, in one sentence, what it took me 10 minutes to say. That's exactly right. <laughs> well, no, we need to fill time. That's, that's the podcast. <laughs> No, uh, the uh, the one thing I was going to mention, speaking of iTunes and the the beast of a program that it is, you had talked about this in episode forty three, and I just wanted to see if if follow up maybe uh, from your show, you had mentioned about how you couldn't see comments. This is great. So we we have we now have follow up from our show on other yeah. shows. I love it. We finally made it to the world of podcasts. Exactly. Uh, you couldn't see comments from other countries on iTunes. Yes. Do, you know, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, and, absolutely. Talk about that regularly on the show. <laughs> well, and you, I would imagine, I, mean, I, I guess it's hard to say with podcasting that one show would have more of an international audience than another, but certainly the um, that show would, I would gather, as you're, I'm not traveling around different conferences all over the world speaking about podcasting in the same way that you're traveling around the world speaking about food safety. And so there would be, I would imagine, a, a bit more of an international appeal. And so you could have folks from wherever, like you said, um, listening to the show and so and then wanting to see on iTunes what they've said about you hopefully good um, but you can actually on your own computer um, in iTunes change the store you're on and so you can see other countries podcast listing if I'm not mistaken cool that's very cool and so you can um, and I'm just trying to find I I always forget the name of it. Comment cast, I think. But in iTunes, anyways, in the bottom right corner, there's I see a Canadian flag. You would see presumably an American flag. Click that, and then you can go travel the world of iTunes. And, oh, uh, that is, you know, that that is uh, that's that's worth the price of admission right there. Anybody who's <laughs> listening to the show that didn't know that trick, that trick, that trick, uh, they've uh, they've just learned something very valuable. And so, yeah, I mean, your mileage may vary. I'm pretty sure you can then see the comments and and et cetera of of other shows, other countries of your show. And which it is kind of annoying that um, Apple doesn't just give a. They kind of, in some ways, to the podcast producers, they have a bit of a half-hearted effort of supporting you while still wanting to use your content to sell more iPods. But um, something, there's a service or an app actually, sorry, that that is out there called Commentcast, and it's I think around yeah, it's five bucks. It's not really that expensive, um, but um, it allows you to actually log in and it'll go out and through the magic of the internet collect uh, comments from all the different stores on you you tell it which shows you are it's it's works it works for uh, podcasts but also for apps and uh like itunes app or iphone apps and uh mac apps i think as well but basically then and itunes u courses and and then allows you to see if somebody's left a comment somewhere in the world on one of your shows or your show uh, and so that's probably if you're at all interested in, and uh, vain enough like most podcasters are <laughs> to find out what the world is saying about you it's a for five bucks is worth doing and you can actually download the free trial of it and it'll uh it'll give you yeah, i think you can select one country and it'll tell, spit out what the details are about your show on that one country so you can kind of verify that it's working and then uh so it's uh comment cast it's at marty.ca m-a-r-t-i.ca i should see if it's uh i assume it's a canadian guy or girl somewhere uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm, this is a Canadian uh, uh, product. I'm not seeing it in my in my uh, 
in my iTunes. Um, oh no, I'm actually, sure it's not. Time. It's not in the iTunes Store itself. Oh. It's a standalone <sighs> app. It's kind of ugly. Oh. oh, sorry if the person listens who makes it. It's a little bit <laughs> not the prettiest app in the world, but it, it's really functional, and then you can export that out and do do all sorts of stuff with it. So. Oh, I, all right. So I'm I'm looking in the App Store, but no, I, I found it now. Marty. Uh, M a r t i. C a. Yeah, there it is. Cool. Yeah, so you can try try it out and uh, see how well it works. Um, the last thing I was going to ask you before we get into some podcasts that you listen to and, and, and sort of close out the show is, uh, like we said on the last couple of episodes of your show, you happen to be traveling and you mentioned um, that you actually brought along, which I thought is, you know, if there's ever a dedicated podcaster, it's someone who brings along their gear and doesn't just rely on uh, on their laptop mic or whatever to record an episode in, in lieu of the fact that they're traveling and use that as an excuse. So you talk a bit about what you gear you actually brought along and, and how that all worked as far as traveling with podcasting gear. Yeah, the dedicated is one word. Crazy might be another <laughs> word. Um, well, I'm actually. This is just. I know. Well, Tim Smith was listening, and he he was using the excuse that he was going for a future show of ours that he was going to go to his family. Actually, maybe he had just left, so maybe he's not listening. So I can say this now. But no, he was Tim using the excuse that he was going to visit his family across the country, and you know might not have his nice mic with, with you with him and stuff like that. And so I thought, well, here's a perfect chance to show him that. This, you're traveling out of country and you brought your gear along. So the least Tim can do is, anyways, I dig Well, and, and I think I, certainly it was a little bit of a hassle, but again, I was in Brazil for a month and I knew I wanted to record the podcast. But I think the other uh, key factor is not so much can you bring the gear because you can always bring the gear. It's what's the quality of the internet connection on the other end. And I knew I was going to be at a university and I did, and it, it, it is Brazil, but guess what? They're a modern country too. They actually have cars and roads and stores and internet. <laughs> and in fact, I think I think there's some really popular social networking app that is only in Portuguese in Brazil. I mean, it's something like number number three behind Facebook and Twitter or something. There's some Portuguese social network or Brazilian social network. So so they're they're very technologically savvy there. And I knew I knew they would have I, I checked, but I mean I assumed that they would have good high speed internet at the university, and in fact they did. Um, I had decent internet even even at my my hotel. Um, so I would say it's not, it's not too much trouble. So what I brought along with me, uh, you know, again, what seems to be a very popular piece of equipment. And I, I have been listening to a couple episodes of your show to get an idea of what other people said. So I have a, the Rode Podcaster, uh, yeah, USB mic. I have uh, the, um, I, anyway, it's the, it's the thing that you, you buy um, on Amazon when you search for Rode Podcaster and you buy the whole kit. So it's got the, the boom arm and the shock mount and then the uh, headphones, which I can't, I can't tell what kind of headphones they are because I'm wearing them, but it's whatever, whatever the, the one is that you get when you order the whole, the whole kit uh, off of Amazon. And I've been, I've been very, uh, very happy with that. I did, I wanted to say I did, um, uh, the, so I did, what, one of the things that kind of got me started with this whole podcasting thing was listening to Five by Five and being a, a, a guest. And I knew Dan, Dan Benjamin was interested in food safety and so I uh, uh, pitched him on on the idea of doing an interview about food safety, and and he he responded positively. So I there's a, somewhere on the five by five there's an episode of the conversation, which was his old old uh, video show, and and for that one I used I had a, a Plantronics uh, headset, um, which is just the headset and the mic together. It's 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 kind of crappy, but it it of of all the crappy ones, if you only want to spend fifty bucks or something, um, it's a pretty good one to get. And so on on again on on Dan's advice, I got that for my uh, my guest appearance on that show. And I think for actually quite a number of episodes, that's what what I used on my end. Uh, ben had some grant, grant money left over from something. And so he um, uh, ended up using get, getting a, a decent road uh, podcaster mic from the beginning. But I figured out pretty quick if I wanted the quality of the audio to be good, that, that it would make sense for me to go and, and invest with that. But it was invest in that. But it wasn't that much trouble to get it to Brazil. I mean, I checked the big bag of luggage. I put everything in the middle. I bundled it all up tight, put lots of clothing around it for padding. It made it to Brazil and back. No, no trouble. The only problem is the, the first episode that I recorded in Brazil, I made it all the way over to the office from my hotel room through god-awful Sao Paulo Brazilian traffic and realized that I had brought the mic and the stand and everything, and I had left my laptop in the hotel room. So <laughs> I had to go back uh, uh, via the bus system in a very uh, a helpful graduate student took pity on me and she she 
went rode on the bus with me because there's no way I would have figured out um, uh, how to navigate the bus system in in Portuguese with foreign currency and all of that. So so and that, so I, I I arrived uh, on time to my first Brazilian podcast um, um, without my computer. But <laughs> anyway, it all it all worked out in the end. Um, but yeah, it's really not that much trouble. Like I said, I think the biggest determinant is if you're going to record while traveling, you've just got to make sure that you have a good quality internet. And and this has happened a couple of times when Ben has gone to visit his family in, in Canada um, or his wife's family in Canada, and he knows that they just have lousy internet. So we've just tried to schedule around that um, when we were when we were going to record shows. Right. And I should, so for any anybody listening, Canada does have decent internet. It's just maybe it's... <laughs> Yeah, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to uh, no. <laughs> uh, to to to, to uh, uh, imply that the entire country had bad internet. Only only Ben's family has bad internet. Right. <laughs> no, I've talked. To, I've interviewed some. or talked to some Canadians who. No, I know there's definitely my my in laws actually have slower internet. Anyways, I digress. Hopefully, they don't listen to this show. But um, yeah, I think that's a good spot to to sort of wrap up the podcasting portion. I what I finish the shows with is is asking folks what what uh, shows they listen to. So um, I don't know if you have your podcast player of choice uh, handy to uh, to talk talk about what shows you listen to and then what apps as well that you listen to. But uh, yeah. Uh, what's your yeah, your list? I <laughs> yeah, I have my phone. I have my phone right here. Um, and again, like I said, I've been listening to your show, and it sounds like a lot of people uh, use Instacast. I use Downcast, which I think some people do use. And I'm, I know, uh, so I use the 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 Apple app for a long time. And actually, I still do use the Apple app um, for one very important reason. So um, my 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 wife and I have different tastes. She tends to not listen to podcasts, but one podcast that we started listening to, actually, we listened do it when it was a radio show and now it's no longer even a radio show but they're still putting out episodes and that is the um the npr show uh, car talk and uh which is which is a, a couple of uh, guys from boston giving giving car advice which i'm sure is probably well known to to people that are public radio listeners in, in your audience or even even podcast listeners and and for that show, because it's one that my wife and I listen to together and only when we're in the car together on, on long trips, um, I actually uh, subscribe to that one using um, the, the, Apple, uh, the Apple podcast app. But everything else that I listen to just, uh, just myself, I listen to in Downcast. So, um, so and we've talked about a, a, bunch of the, a bunch of the shows. So just quickly looking through the, through the list, um, certainly uh, back to work. Um, I don't regularly listen to Command Space, but I have listened to a, a couple episodes, and that, that show is really uh, growing on me. Um, uh, I think you and Merlin talked about Huff Duffer. I definitely use Huff Duffer to record, uh, you know, to capture one-offs that I want to listen to. Um, I do listen to my own show from time to time, as I mentioned, um, the the incomparable uh, Mac Power users. Um, one show I think that one of your recent guests might have been. Daniel Jalkut said uh, the new disruptors with uh, Glenn Fleischman, fantastic show. I'm seriously behind on that one, but but uh, again, real good show. Um, uh, Quit. I listened to Dan Benjamin's uh, show. Quit. Um, there are some um, food or there are some microbiology shows. Uh, this week in virology. This week in parasitism. Uh, I do uh, this week in um, bacteriology. I think is the other one. I, I do listen to those from time to time. Um, uh, Accidental tech podcast. Um, uh, occasionally listen to Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. Um, let's see what else. Uh, generational podcast. I do have listened to a couple of episodes of Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin. Uh, the uh, again the episodes that that Merlin recommended. The one with uh, Billy Joel is is fantastic. The most recent one with David Simon from The Wire. I just listened to that. That's was really good. Yeah, that's a good show. Um, I listen. I listened to the short-lived Neutral Car Show, uh, not because I I liked cars, but just because I missed hearing Marco and John's voice. So <laughs> I'm glad. That, <laughs> I'm glad they're back doing a, a tech podcast. Oh, and of course Roderick on the line, um, which uh, hasn't had an episode in quite some time. I'm 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 really missing uh, Roderick on the line. So. Um, Let's see, uh, a, a show with Zay Frank. Um, I was a big fan of the show with, with Zay Frank, his video uh, podcast uh, back in the day, and he's, he's reinvigorated it in the last year to do another year of shows. Really like that one. Um, oh, the talk show with, uh, with John Gruber, both, uh, both the 5x5 five five incarnation as well as the new incarnation. Um, uh, unprofessional, I've, I've listened to a couple of episodes now of Unprofessional. That one's really starting to grow on me. So that, that's, a, that's a pretty good smattering of, of what I listen to. Yeah, that's a, and I know, like you said, you don't always listen to every single episode. I'm the same way. I, was, I 
subscribe to. It sounds like, I guess, when you're listing it off, I think I was thinking, wow, that's a lot of shows to listen to. But oh, I, and, and by, I mean, the only ones that I regularly listen to would be uh, Back to Work and uh, Roderick on the Line and Accidental T- Tech Podcast and, and the talk show. Probably those four are ones that mm-hmm. I absolutely don't miss and all the other ones I get behind on and then have to go back and delete a bunch of them. Yeah, and you sort of cherry pick certain episodes. And what's kind of nice is the for the on the podcaster's side, it's as much as it might hurt to think that somebody's not listening to your show or a particular episode, let's say, is you still get, going back to the numbers don't matter, but they completely do. You still get the download and you still get the <laughs> all that kind of stuff that uh, that matters that way. But uh, ultimately, it's it's fun. I, and I think in maybe wrapping up what you're, this, uh, the spirit of what your show is doing is that it's fun getting, it's fun and rewarding to get listener feedback and comments and community sort of involvement and in what you're doing because that tends to sort of either validate or uh, boost the ego or whatever uh, little button it pushes for you uh, uh, and I know when I've gotten you know list listener feedback or someone recently uh, drew some artwork for the show just as a as an idea or whatever and being creative that way it's it's always fun just to sort of I guess recognize that there actually is humans out there listening and, and enjoying what you're doing. <laughs> And uh, so in, in wrapping up, I guess, where can folks uh, sort of find you, follow you, stalk you on, on the webs? Sure. Well, um, certainly go to foodsafetytalk.com. Uh, there's lots of different ways to uh, listen to the show there. You can, you can listen um, to the recorded episodes. You can subscribe to our uh, wonderful uh, MailChimp newsletter. You can, you can subscribe in iTunes or via RSS. So please, please do do that. Uh, I am a bug counter on Twitter because um, uh, I'm a quantitative microbiologist. Um, and, and my, my Twitter twittering is, is not, is not great. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind of sometimes food safety related, sometimes not, um, definitely not, not safe for work. Um, uh, let's see what else. I, actually the one thing that I, that I do do that is probably the best way to get a sense of my personality. I do have a, a, a Tumblr page. It's just Don Schaffner, uh, tumblr.com. So just, uh, my, my first name and, and last name there. Um, and certainly if you want to see all of the papers that I've published and, and all of my professional stuff, you can just, it's a horrible URL, the university. The easiest thing to do is just to Google Don Schaffner Rutgers University. And I'm, I'm there on that, that page. You'll, you'll see all of my Rutgers University web pages. Um, and, and hey, you know, uh, send me a LinkedIn request. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I seem to <laughs> click accept on virtually all of those. Um, and uh, I think, yeah, that's, uh, that, that's, uh, that, that's a pretty good way to, to stalk me out there. Yeah. <laughs> Let's everybody keep up anyways. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, my thanks to Don Schaffner for listening. Or for listening. Of course, you're <laughs> for listening to my questions. <laughs> listening and talking. <laughs> Yes, uh, I always get a little punchy towards the end of an episode, but uh, no, I'm just giddy about uh, asking you questions about poop. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, my thanks to Don for joining me on Show Me Your Mic. Uh, you can look for this episode and many 23 others prior to this at ssktn.com/smym. Show Me Your Mic, and uh, this is episode 24. If you're wanting to find show notes and links to uh, stuff we talked about, of course, we'll all be there. And uh, follow me on Twitter, I'm I, Chris, and SSKTN is on Twitter and Facebook at SSKTN. Uh, I think that's it. We'll uh, You can check out the AO, which is a, I don't often talk about it, but it's a sort of off-air, after-dark, whatever your vernacular might lend itself to. Uh, I'll do an episode here with Don, just a little off-the-record chat about food safety stuff, but you can find that at SSKTN.com slash AAOO, and uh, that'll be in there as well. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Show Me Your Mic on the SSKTN Podcast Network. Follow along on Twitter at SSKTN or like us on Facebook.com slash SSKTN. Be sure to visit SSKTN.com for interviews with other podcasters, as well as learn about other shows we produce, such as Welcome to the Internet, Too Lazy to Blog, and Lost in Lemon. <laughs>